Hey there, everybody, from beautiful Cardston, Alberta, Canada. My name is Dave Miller, and welcome back to the Mentally Ill Mentor podcast. And of course, this is the podcast where we discuss the secrets of how you or someone you love can begin winning the battle with depression, anxiety, thoughts of suicide, and really all things related to mental health. And after my own personal battle of over 20 years with dealing with these types of things, I am now on an all-out mission to guide you and as many other people as I can in creating a life of lasting hope, happiness, and purpose. So thank you so much for being here again with me today. And I'm so excited to introduce our guest for today, which is uh, Kelly Roman, who is the CEO of Fisher Wallace. They are a company that makes wearable devices that treat depression, anxiety, and insomnia. And I'm so excited to, uh, to be able to speak with you, Kelly. This is just a wonderful opportunity. And uh, just to start out, I just wanted to, um, to ask you a little bit about uh, if you have a background with personally dealing with mental health challenges or sort of how you uh, became affiliated with this company, sort of your story, I guess. Sure, sure, Dave. Thanks, to, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. You um, bet. So, yeah, I, I mean, on a personal level, I, I, I took a antidepressant medication in my 20s um, and, and, and did struggle with, 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 uh, with, with mood issues. So, um, and I, you know, I, I, I was under the care of three different therapists and was uh, taking uh, over a number of a number of years, uh, uh, Lexapro and Wellbutrin. I had side effects from both of them that um, I, I, I found over time intolerable and, uh, and I, and then the, the antidepressant effect would, uh, it, it wore off for me after, um, a few months, I tried these two medications within, I think a three year period. Um, and, but, I, and, and professionally, you know, I, and, and personally, I've been exposed to research science through my brother. My brother, uh, is a professor at SUNY downstate medical school. Um, he was chair of the cell biology department there for a while and, um, performs a lot of research and is published in journals. And so I was reading journal art. He's, he's 12 years older than me. So, uh, so I was reading journal articles, um, you know, that he was publishing, you know, when I was still a teenager, um, and, and in my twenties and so forth. So, uh, and actually what worked for nature, the scientific journal, uh, for a little while. Um, and then I met my partner, my business partner, Chip Fisher, who had acquired the patents to this medical device. And his original oh, okay. uh, co-founder, uh, Martin Wallace, had, had passed away uh, just a year in um, to the project. So uh, he was looking for a new business partner. Uh, I had background in, um, in, in, in data, software, information. Um, I worked at a venture-backed startup uh, software company for a while. Um, I worked for Nielsen, the, the, the data company, Nielsen Ratings, probably most people have heard of. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and so I, uh, I, I, I used this device that, that he had discovered from the inventors who he acquired it from. And, um, and it really helped me personally. And, and I, I you know, I haven't had to use medication since I've, I've felt, uh, it's had a, I've been using it now for 13 years. Um, and, uh, uh, so I, you know, I was inspired uh, to, to get the word out, uh, 
you know, obviously an N of one, as they say, isn't, isn't proof, but we, we have over the years now spent millions of dollars funding, uh, research. Um, we, we performed three clinical trials during the pandemic, um, over 800 subjects. And, uh, you know, we've now, uh, sold over 70,000 devices, uh, through 14,000 prescribers. So, uh, we've built a, it's still in the medical industry is a small business. Um, but we're, we're now uh, working on building a version two device. So the version one device is available now on fisherwallace.com, but we, we are uh, building a version two, which is going to have the same therapy, uh, but it's going to be in a wireless form factor. So kind of an easier to use wearable uh, without wires coming down oh, okay. the electrodes and uh, building an app for it. Um, and we've been raising money on a equity crowdfunding platform called start engine. We've raised almost $3 million uh, this year. So, um, uh, so yeah, we're, we're, our, our hope is that eventually over the next few years that these, our device and others, um, you know, will, will really become a first, a first resort and a standard of care and, and, uh, and, you know, used by millions and millions of patients. So. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Um, well, thank you for the sort of the introduction to how everything, uh, you know, your story and how uh, you came to, you know, connect, I guess, with this device. And, and so you said that you've used it for 13 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, can you give uh, myself and our listeners kind of an idea? So if somebody's never heard of this before, now I've actually, like we had talked about before, received your emails and, you know, that kind of thing and kind of really find it very intriguing. But let's say that I'm someone who's just, you know, I'm tuning into the podcast, never heard of it before. Can you give us an idea of, you know, what the device is, exactly how it works and sort of some of the details? Sure. There? So it, it's uh it's a wearable brain stimulation device. It actually electrically stimulates the brain. The brain's an electrical organ. But it does so in a very comfortable way. And uh, the device, the version one device that you can purchase today is it's a handheld uh, device about the size of a remote control with a couple of lead wires that go to electrodes that, that are placed on either side of the head under a headband. It's very easy for someone to use this at home. You don't have to have, you need a prescription, but you don't have to have a doctor there to use it. It's, it's designed to be used at home. And you okay. put the, you wet the electrodes under tap water Um squeeze them out, put them under the headband, wear it for 20 minutes. And during that 20 minutes, the device is, is generating uh, stimulation at three frequencies and at, at around four milliamps. And, and what that basically means is it, we're, we're, we're modulating the brainwave activity, um, but at a, a electrical dosage that's not uncomfortable. So uh, you can feel a little bit of buzzing at the electrodes, uh, not unpleasant, uh, usually briefly, and then the sensation goes away. Um, uh, but most people, uh, and this is in clinical trials as well, um, are experiencing results within the first two weeks. And even in that first session, uh, most patients report feeling more relaxed. Um, and, and that makes sense because the, what this device does, it's doing a few things to the brain. It's in training a brainwave state, uh, so it's bringing you into an alpha wave state. Uh, it's stimulating serotonin production, and we've done biomarker studies on that um, that have been published. So we're showing increases in serotonin, uh, lowering of cortisol, which is stress hormone. 
And mm. it's also modulating uh, the default mode network. And there's been studies on that too, where it's, it's showing a, a modulation of, of the center brain regions, which are responsible for sympathetic re- uh, nervous system. So kind of your fight or flee response. And so mm. think of it as like a thermostat, you can kind of turn that down. Uh, that is part of the reason why uh, it's, it's likely helpful in, in treating anxiety. Um, and uh, there's a lot of, what's called comorbidity or a co-occurrence of symptoms. So in, in many patients, so many patients will have anxiety and insomnia or depression and anxiety. And so, um, uh, sleep is, is, uh, something that really impacts mood if you don't, if you don't, if you're not getting enough of it. So, um, mm-hmm. so, you know, we, we have a 30 day trial with, with, with the device, um, and, uh, it is an out-of-pocket expense, uh, but, but patients can order it. Um, you know, use it basically say, if, if you don't see any results in the first two weeks, just send it back. Um, you know, you, you really should see if you're using it twice a day, once in the morning, once in the evening, um, if you just have insomnia and, and that's it once in the evening is fine. But, um, most patients are using it twice a day because they, they have some form of anxiety or depression, especially during and just after the pandemic. So, um, mm-hmm. uh, but really the results are rapid. There's hardly any side effects, uh, very low side effect rate. It's dizziness and headache in a very small percentage of patients. Um, none of the serious side effects of drugs and you can use it with drugs. So, you, you know, if you're on an antidepressant, you don't have to stop taking it, um, in order to use the device, you can use the device in conjunction with it. Um, and I would just say, do not, you know, do, do not take yourself off meds without a doctor. Uh, that, that is really, uh, there, there are some risks to, suddenly stopping an antidepressant and you really, you want to do that with, with a doctor. Um, uh, but a lot of doctors are able to do that with our device. So, um, that's, that's something you can explore with your doctor. And the only, um, contraindication is really, you don't want to have a, a pacemaker or a, a implanted brain simulator, or any kind of electronic device in your, inside your body kind of implanted, uh, because the, mm. the electrical electrical simulation device or a magnetic simulation device, there's something called transcranial magnetic simulation out there. Um, these things can interfere with internal electronics. So, you know, that would be, if you have a pacemaker, you shouldn't, shouldn't, I mean, we've never had an issue with, with someone, but it's just a, it's just something that's flagged uh, by FDA that, that you should not use the device. But, you know, so that really the vast majority of patients, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Um, so I recently, as you were speaking, I was thinking about one of the most recent emails that I received, and it was about a fellow who, um, I don't think he, maybe he was a Vietnam vet, but I don't think so. I don't think it was that far back. Oh, the Iraq and Afghanistan vet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Logan yeah. Shield. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And I was really interested because it sounded like, now I know technically um, you wouldn't say, you know, it treats PTSD from what I understand, but uh, the connection that I made in my mind, and maybe this is inaccurate, but just as I think back to the video that I watched and I thought, wow, here's a war vet. And he's just talked about, I remember he said he, if I have, if I have this correct, um, he said that he put it on and he was, he slept for three hours straight and he had really had a hard time sleeping. Um, but I also connected, uh, in my own mind, I guess, um, maybe being able to help with, uh, symptoms relating to trauma. So I don't know, what would you have to say about that? Sure. Yeah. And his, his experience was that he, 
the first time he used it, he fell asleep for three hours. It was in the middle of the day. I mean, it's just he was so okay tired and and so such needed sleep. And the, the device was able to reduce his anxiety, uh, which is a symptom of PTSD. So, you know, right, right. We, we're depression, anxiety, insomnia are common symptoms of PTSD, and those are things that we treat. Um, and and so for mm. him. Uh, it was like turning off a switch that had just been on the whole time and he just went right to sleep. And, um, uh, and then since then he's using it more on a, what I would call normally, which is like you use it right before you go to bed. And when he wakes up, uh, he's not falling asleep every time he uses it. But that initial time, I mean, at night, he, if he finds it helpful, but that's not his, that's not his response in the morning. But that first time it was because it was like, boy, he really, he really needed help. Um, and he had a, you know, as he said in the video, I mean, he, he, he had some, some serious mood issues. I mean, suicide attempts and so forth. And, and he's, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's been very healthy, uh, ever since he started using the device and, uh, you know, again, it, it you know, everyone's going to have a different response on some level, um, which is why having large scale studies is important, which we've, we've, which we've now done, um, to show, you know, what, what is the, the effect over, over a much larger group of people. Uh, but that is a particular, uh, um, patient who just has a, you know, obviously a hero, uh, you know, he was a machine gunner, um, very dangerous job in Iraq and Afghanistan, uh, uh, you know, experienced some, you know, a lot of terrible things. Um, and when he came back, uh, from, from duty, you know, he just had a very hard time adjust readjusting to society. Um, and he just found this device to be very helpful. And, and we've, we've heard stories, you know, he's also just very articulate and, 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 and just a great guy. And it, and so it was mm-hmm. a great video to have, but we, we've, we've, we've heard from many veterans who've had similar experiences, a couple of which we do have videos of. There's an older gentleman who was in the Vietnam war. He's much older, but, um, he had somewhat similar response. Uh, he's really um, help, helped him with sleep and, and, and his wife has reported uh, noticing the difference and, and so forth. Um, and we mm-hmm. do have a retired general on our board. So, you know, the military is, a, and, and we're doing the study with the police department now. So, you know, a lot of, oh, a lot okay. of, uh, of military vets on, in, um, on the police department. So, so yeah, our technology is definitely used by a lot of veterans and you know, we're, we're glad it, it helps. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, and I guess what I think of in that sort of a situation too, I've never gone through a war, but uh, I have experienced trauma earlier in my life. And my understanding is there's sort of the, maybe the same kind of thing that happens where is this hypervigilance, you sure. know, you're always kind of looking for threat, yep. right? Like yep. it would be. If you're in a war, man, you're always on for threat. And um, PTSD so, is not yeah. is not uh, only for war. It's it, I mean, it's it's any kind of traumatic experience, uh, but it, it's obviously yeah. very common in war. But but um, but no, it, it's it's certainly you, you can have it from all kinds of situations. And 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 that super that vigilance you're talking about is a classic uh, symptom of that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it uh, makes me think, too, of uh, I looked up uh, just really quickly a um, little bit about this device and you. And I found a video from I think it was 2015 where uh, there were a couple of people looked like they were from the company and you were putting on the device. I believe it was you that was actually putting on the device 
and um, just talked about whoever it was that was uh, kind of describing sort of play-by-play as they were doing this. We're talking about the fight-or-flight system and how uh, the device um, is able to influence the limbic system in terms of maybe, like what you've talked about, kind of calming it down a bit. I know that's what I find for myself. Yep. The you know, the, the result, I guess, of the trauma, you know, that comes out as depression and anxiety is, um, I find I can fairly quickly jump into the fight or flight, whereas I'm, I'm very intrigued and interested to try it actually to see how the device can actually, I don't know, calm that maybe almost like a jumpy response, you know, just to snap your fingers and boom, now you're in fight mode or flight mode. Yeah. Yep. That kind of thing. So, so that's what it does. It kind of influences the limbic system through the electrical, the way that the brain works electrically. Yeah. Yeah. That, that default mode network, the center brain regions, um, where there's been some research that shows, uh, uh, alternating current has an effect there. So I, you know, we, we, we have to do more, uh, research. I mean, there's a lot that's actually not known today about how, how, drugs when they work, um, which obviously not all the time, uh, but when they work, how do they work? Uh, the brain's very complicated, especially when it comes to mood. There's a lot, it's not like there's one little area of the brain that's just dedicated to having you feel depressed. It's, it's, um, you know, there, there, there's a lot, some people, there's actually been a move away from, from focusing on serotonin as the, as the only thing to worry about. Um, mm. looking more about the, uh, the frontal cortex, uh, has been shown uh, the dorsolateral prefrontal cortex has been shown to be under underactivated in depression patients, which is why um, you know brain stimulation uh, has which which can stimulate activity in that area of the brain. Um, but there, there there's a lot still to be to to be learned, and there's a lot for us to learn about the actual mechanism of action. What we've done is we've learned some of it, which is. We're able to see these neurochemical uh, increases and in, in, in decreases in cortisol, and and you can measure uh, 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 brainwave state, and you can measure uh, dorsolateral prefrontal cortex activity uh, with FNIRS, which is a type of um, sensor that you can look at blood blood flow, blood uh, in in the brain. So, um, but you know, we're 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 there's still there's still a ways to go on understanding the how it works. Uh, what we've focused mm. on with our money is is and our investment money is 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 establishing that it does work, and then we need to worry about the how. Um, you know more now, and not worry about it, but but study it more. Uh, but we we really had what we had to prove for the FDA is that it's effective. Um, you mm. know, the FDA d- doesn't ask you. Um, you know, how does it work? It asks you, does it work? And is it safe? So yeah. those are things that you can measure, which we have. And now the how it works is uh, something we need to get more into. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. So, and I, I wanted to refer back to when you talked about medication as well, and that you, um, I know you specifically said, you know, we don't recommend that somebody just starts wearing this device, using it twice daily, kind of as you recommend, and go off the, all their medication and, right. you know, life is great and whatever. You need to work with a doctor. Yep. Do you keep track of all, at all? Um, have there been any studies done in terms of uh, people that have used the device, maybe that are currently on medication, and then 
correlated that with people that are able to work with a doctor and go off their medication or reduce their medication? No, we don't have a study on that. Um, uh, okay. But we do have a, quite a bit of anecdotal information. In fact, we have some videos on our YouTube page of a doctor discussing that, of a psychiatrist who uh, who's, who's prescribed this to many, many, many patients and and you know, without identifying the person's name, he he talks about these 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 case studies of patients of his, um, where he's able to say uh, someone who was on a highest dose of a medication and was having some antidepressant effect, but was also having a lot of side effects of so the highest dose, is he was able to get that patient um, with the device and the meds, but lower the meds to the lowest dose, but still have the same antidepressant effect as the high dose but without the serious side effects of the high dose. So the, the side effect profile was lowered by lowering the dosage of the medication, but the patient experienced the same level of, of antidepressant effect because of the combination with the device. Um, okay. And so there, there are, there are, you know, and then there's, he has cases of getting people completely off meds and uh, being able to um, use this instead of uh, sending someone to receive uh, transcranial magnetic stimulation, which is, uh, another form of, of of brain stimulation, but it's much more expensive and it's it's not wearable. It's a, it's a in in office procedure. So, um, you know, we have patients who are, have who've had ECT electroconvulsive therapy, um, which is mm. one of more serious treatments. Um, uh, it's it's given during with anest with anesthesia. It's not like you're biting down on something. That's kind of a misconception about ECT that was created mm -hmm. by the movie. You know, one flew over the cuckoo's nest, but um, yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, ECT patients, uh, also use this as a maintenance therapy so they can kind of maintain, um, their, their, uh, you know, the, the, the level of antidepressant effect without having to keep going back to ECT, at least as frequently. Um, hmm. so there's all kinds of use cases are uh, different and different, you know, uh, with, with our studies, we, we looked at, you know, just a very a, a, a diagnosis of major depressive disorder, a diagnosis of general, generalized anxiety disorder, for instance, um, and you know eight weeks of treatment, and and you know half the subjects were using what's called a sham device or placebo device, um, right? And comparing the, the you know the studies were comparing how does someone doing on a placebo device versus an active device, um, and that was really the, you know either you I could see a design where you're you're looking at, um, uh, you know, combinational therapy, and that may include trying to lower the dosage of combinational therapy. I mean, you know, one interesting study would be comparing a, a combination of, of uh, medication and device with medication versus medication only versus device only. Um, mm. You know, so that, that would be an interesting study. Um uh, so uh, yeah, it's not, it's not one we're probably going to do in the very near future because uh, we don't have infinite capital. But um, but yeah. yeah, I would I would like to see that. I would like to see that. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So and then I have another question for you too that kind of relates to the placebo device, sure, and everything. Um, one of the things that I have found uh, has been really beneficial for me. Um, let me give you a little bit of background first when I have kind of jumped to fight or flight because of this whole thing that happens in the limbic system. Um, I have found that in certain situations, I used to sort of, for whatever reason, jump right to quite intense thoughts of suicide. 
Um, and that's why it was really intriguing to me to watch that one video that we were talking about earlier with uh, the fellow who had been in uh, a war, the Iraq and Afghanistan yep. wars. Yep. And um, um, I have found that it's about a year ago or so that I really got into meditation mm -hmm. and that that has, um, I still jump into the fight or flight in some ways, kind of that part of the brain. Yep. Um, but the, uh, I guess the propensity to go right into, you know, intense thoughts of suicide is virtually gone. Um, so I'm curious what you have to say about, uh, and you know, what your own personal thoughts maybe are about, um, maybe how the device, uh, would compare to, or be different from, or, um, I don't know, relates to sort of a meditation effect where let's say right now, you know, for half an hour, 35, 40 minutes a day, I, um, I am still, you know, take that time, focus on my breathing. And so in a way, sometimes it seems, you know, when I've thought about it, I wonder if the device is sort of similar. I'm assuming someone's kind of still, they're taking that time. Um, do you, what similarities would there be that you know of to meditation or how is it? I know it stimulates the electrical part of the brain. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I would, I would say you, it's, it's the same thing. It's the same question as you could say, how is meditation similar to drug therapy? Right. Um, I, mm. I think, uh, the, the, there, there, there is, there is some, um, uh, I mean, maybe it's a little bit more because you're actually taking 20 minutes with the device to use it. Uh, we don't we don't define what the person does in the 20 minutes. There may be some people that actually meditate mm. in those 20 minutes. I've heard of patients doing that. Um, oh, okay. A lot of people don't. I mean, a lot of people aren't, you know, don't have meditation practices. Um, I mm -hmm. think it would be interesting mm -hmm. to integrate meditation into. But, you know, it's very, very different. I mean, we're, we're actually delivering electricity through the skull to the brain. Um you know, meditation is a, is a, is a way to kind of self, self calming. And, and, and I, I think, and breathing work can do that too. And you can see some um, results with that in brainwave state and in heart rate variability. Mm. Um, you know, I don't know how much research has been performed on the duration of effect of that. Uh, you know, mm. we've, what we saw in our studies is that patients, uh, got better rapidly. And then we're, we're and in the anxiety study, we're even continuing to get better, uh, even all the way through week eight. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, and there, there, you know, we, we did see a statistically significant, uh, difference in uh, between placebo and active in these, in, in studies we've done. Uh, we did, we saw mm -hmm. that in uh, the bipolar depression study we did at, at uh, Mount Sinai, Beth Israel, um, with bipolar two patients. And I, you know, I would say for something like a bipolar, uh, you know, I think med med I would also, I also don't know uh, the effectiveness of meditation on with various treatment conditions, right? So if you have bipolar depression, is meditation as effective? Is it effective at all in, in reducing bipolar depression symptoms? I, I don't know. Our device has been shown to be um, in that study. I think in terms of immediate calming you down, um, there, there, there may be some similarities in terms of brainwave state and heart rate variability. Um, 
But in terms of long-term reduction of serious clinical symptoms, uh, there may be, you know, I, I don't know what, what the data is on meditation. Um, it'd also be kind of hard to, uh, to do a placebo arm for, for meditation. It's, 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 it's virtually impossible to do, for instance, a placebo arm or placebo group for cognitive behavioral therapy or for talk therapy. Yeah. Um, so these are things, you know, uh, so, you know, but, you know, I, I mean, I've, I've had a yoga practice. I don't have one right now, but I used to do yoga. I I need to get back into it. My wife's been reminding me. Um, I really appreciate it. I I know that meditation is, can be really helpful, especially for anxiety. Um, I have read some research on anxiety. Uh, again, it's not really compared to a placebo arm. Um, I, I would recommend if you have a meditation practice, uh, you know, this, this device will, will fit very well into that practice. So, um, and it may be something that you want to try combinationally, um, put the device on, meditate for 20 minutes in the morning, do the same thing in the evening. I, I it's hard for me to see how that, that's, mm. that's going to be, a, you know, not helpful, uh, not additive in some way, Yeah. you know? So, um, yeah. but I, I would, I would hesitate to compare them too, too much as similar therapies anymore than I would compare uh, drugs and meditation. There's just, they're just very different. They're, you know, um, mm. you're, you know, our device is delivering electricity to the brain. A drug is delivering chemical, um, meditation is, you know, is a lot through calming, self-calming. And the, the, like you said, the limbic system and the breathing work. Um, but it, it's certainly something that makes sense to do in, in combination with our device. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense for sure. So you talked about the uh, bipolar depression studies that were done at Mount Sinai. Yeah, I got we did that one right. there. Yeah, can you tell me more about that? That's actually uh, most of uh, what I've gone through over the last 20 years has been the depression and the anxiety, thoughts of suicide, kind of that mm-hmm. end of it. But mm-hmm. I've technically uh, been um, diagnosed about 20 years ago with bipolar disorder, bipolar 2, yeah, where I have had the highs we as well. Yep. Yeah, can you tell me more about the that sure, study and, sure. and how so things went with that? That study was run by Igor Gallinker, um, uh, who, when the study started, it was Mount Sinai, uh, the Beth, the, the Family Bipolar Center. Uh, sorry, it was Beth Israel, the Family Bipolar Center at Beth Israel, and then Mount Sinai merged with um, uh, Beth Israel d- during the study. Uh, so by, when the study was finished, it was technically Mount Sinai, Beth Israel. Um, okay. but Igor is, a, is one of the most well-known bipolar researchers. I mean, he, he runs the family bipolar center there now at Mount Sinai, Beth Israel hospital and he, and did okay. at the time. Um, and so the patients that he recruited for that study came from that clinic. So it was a single site, meaning there was one clinic, it was his clinic that, that, uh, and then the patients received treatment in the clinic and the placebo device in that study was also delivered. Uh, oh, sorry. The, the, it was in the clinic, but also the doctor was actually holding the device. The doctor uh, applied the, you know, put the electrodes on the patient and was standing there the whole time. So it was a little bit different than um, typical usage is we FedEx these to someone's house and they use it themselves. And that's how we actually ran the studies during the pandemic because all the hospitals were closed. Mm. Uh, to studies like mm-hmm. so, um, and that's typically how. We, but in the, in this study, uh, it was patients who were going to that clinic, 
and the doctors administered either the active device or the placebo device. Um, and they had a, a very big difference on the Beck depression index uh, that was significant uh, spread between a placebo. So there was an initial, uh, in that study, there was an initial um, placebo effect as there is in basically any mental health study. Uh, but then mm -hmm. the placebo group went back to baseline uh, at about two weeks, and then the uh, the active group remained treated and uh, and, and didn't go back to baseline. It, it didn't didn't uh, they they stayed fully you know after about two and a half weeks their level of treatment uh, the, the number of points that went down on the Beck depression index stayed at that level for the rest of the study. So. And then they actually did a crossover group, which means they gave the placebo patients an active device, and those patients exhibited the same behavior as the act, the original active. So, uh, so having that crossover group uh, was kind of a form of extra validation against the placebo. Um, yeah, and and no serious side effects. Uh, and and bipolar bi bipolar depression is very difficult to treat with uh with regular antidepressants because at regular antidepressants ssris uh, will trigger the hypomania uh mm -hmm. in, in the, the, they can trigger hypomania and um yeah. and you know uh in a bipolar one patient which is means you you're manic more than you are depressed and in the bipolar two you have more depression than you have mania on a, on a very basic level describing them. Mm -hmm. uh, but for, for bipolar one patients, the mania is, can be quite dangerous. Um, and even for bipolar two patients, sometimes it's, you know, obviously suicide is, is a, a, a risk and a danger. Uh, but, but the mania can also be, because that tends to be, you know, you could take risk, risk taking behaviors that you would not normally take, whether that means mm -hmm. uh, drinking and driving or, or things that you just wouldn't necessarily do if you weren't in a, a experience hypomania or mania, um, so uh, so it's 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 actually very tough to treat with with SSRIs and other antidepressants. So that is why Igor Dr. Gallinker was so interested in the device and why he uses it in his practice is because it's something that he can treat depression and, and bipolar patients without worrying about it uh, triggering a, a mm. hypomania or a manic episode. Mm hmm. You know, and that's a, a brilliant thing when I think about it, because that's something that I've personally struggled with, where uh, I um, had at one point in time, somebody in a hospital said, you know, you're one of the lucky ones. A lot of people are on a whole cocktail of drugs, and I've only been on a mood stabilizer, just one thing with very little side effects. And I really am lucky or good. blessed that way. Okay. Um, yeah, it's been a really good thing. However... Just like what you're talking about, when I've gone into kind of the more depressed state and then, you know, you talk to your doctor about getting some medication, there really is that risk there. Okay, well, but if I've got bipolar, I start to go up and then, yeah, then you got a whole other set of problems. Yeah, that's correct. So it really is, it's almost a catch-22 situation. So I can see where this would be uh, definitely, you know, this wearable device, you know, Um really would be able to take care of it's a tool of it's a tool problems. in the toolkit it's not a it's not a cure-all yeah but it's a tool that that yeah especially in in these for for bipolar patients i think or bipolar two patients where we have the research uh bipolar one is different I'm, you know the, the device is not going to treat mania that that is not something that our device yeah. is known to do 
you know, I don't know its impact on, I know it, it, it did not trigger it in the study and, um, mm. uh, and, and we have not had, you know, now again, we have 70,000 patients who have used it and, and, you know, even though we're not tracking them all in the way you would in a study, uh, you know, we do hear from their prescribers and, and some of, you know, some of these prescribers have prescribed it hundreds of times. So we, we do get some mm-hmm. pretty good feedback. Um, and, uh, so, you know, it's very safe. That, that's one of the nice things about this technology by, by not having to go through the digestive track, right. By not having to try and treat the brain by sending chemicals through mm-hmm. your stomach, um, you, there's a lot of advantages to that. Uh, you know, a lot of the reasons why you have uh, a lot of side effects with drugs is, is because of that. Um, you're, it's, it's not a very efficient way of getting um, chemicals to the brain. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you have a lot of serotonin, uh, you know, uh, you have a lot of serotonin reuptake occurring in your gastro tract. So it, it's not surprising that a lot of medications um, can impact your gastro tract. Um, yeah, when I was on Lexapro for a while, I, I was always hungry. No matter how much I ate, I gained weight. I, I, but it, it wasn't even the weight gain; mm. it was just always being hungry. It was just it was it was weird and and um, unpleasant, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, there there's just uh, it, it's nice to have something that's that's safe and that also has actual clinical data showing that's been effective with with many different kinds of patients. So, yeah, absolutely. So, and I know we talked about before that technically in terms of the FDA, mm-hmm. uh, the device is used to treat depression, anxiety, and insomnia. I'm curious, you know, kind of along the way, um, have there been any correlations also with, you know, I've got this whole wide range of mental health challenges. And let's say if you were to start on one end of the, the spectrum with maybe, you know, ADD or ADHD, that kind of thing. And then you move all the way over to, uh, you know, we've got depression and anxiety, bipolar, uh, but then even things like schizophrenia, yeah. um, right. BPD. Um, you know, like when I think of BPD, that's something that seems to be like it's a, a fight or flight type system right that's at play there as well what's bpd um, stand for uh borderline personality, oh, personality disorder. disorder okay yeah 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 like there's like self-harming behaviors and a lot of people like when you the textbook type of thing they get in physical fights sometimes that kind of thing um and it's just really it is a real jump to the you know the fight i think on the, in a lot of cases yeah. so along the way of receiving sort of this I don't know if you want to call it certification from the FDA for depression, anxiety, insomnia. Have there been any, um, have you noticed anything in any of the studies where some of these other things on the mental health spectrum uh, that it has helped or improved or maybe not helped or improved? No, you know, that, that, well, that that's actually the, the tough part with, uh, with running studies for FDA is that you have to exclude all of those things. So, um, oh, okay. the, you know, in our, uh, in our generalized anxiety disorder study, um, for instance, we had to exclude people who also had clinical depression. We had to exclude schizophrenia. Oh, okay. We had to exclude PTSD. We had to exclude substance use disorder. We had mm. to exclude bipolar. We had to exclude, uh, you know, a, a whole host of things um, because the FDA, okay. in order to give you a specific indication, which is now what we're what we're 
gunning for here is a, is a, a more specific indication, um, uh, which is what is being required by FDA, by the way. It's not just a choice of ours. We, the FDA mm-hmm, a couple mm-hmm. years ago changed the regulation of our devices. So they were demanding a more specific indication. So you had to do a specific study. So we, we did one on generalized anxiety disorder, major depressive disorder, and, and maintenance insomnia. So with generalized anxiety disorder, for instance, um, you, we, we, you have to exclude, you have to have a very pure diagnosis, basically, um, excluding mm-hmm. just about everything else. You can have a little bit of sleep uh, disorder, uh, sleep problems, because that is actually a symptom of anxiety. It's also a symptom of depression. So mm-hmm. you can have a little bit of sleep problems if you're a depression or anxiety, um, but you can't have anything else. So, um, uh, so in order to, to, to gain data in a controlled way, in a controlled trial on say ADHD or schizophrenia or bipolar, uh, you have to actually d- just target that specific thing. Um, okay. And so it, it, it's, which is why at Mount Sinai, it was only bipolar to depression patients. And that was, um, if we had to recruit for that study outside of a clinic, it would have been very, very difficult to find those patients. Um, mm-hmm. So that was, we were lucky to be able to, to have that study done there because they had access to that specific population. Um, whereas in the studies we did over the, during the pandemic, we had to openly recruit for those through advertising and it was very, very expensive. And, and, uh, and we had, I mean, I think to get 800 patients, we, we, had to send, I think, almost 400,000 patients to the study landing pages in order to get 800 wow. on their side. Um, so it was just an enormously expensive uh, thing to do. Um, and that, and the reason it took so many to get 800 on the other side is because of all those exclusions. You can imagine how many, I mean, you, you can oh, have okay. suicidality, for instance. There's no suicidality that was, mm. so, you know, from the, data that we saw in the screening process um, for the depression study, for instance, a quarter of all patients had suicidality who were applying. All of them were screened mm. And it's heartbreaking, right? Mm-hmm. Because you, 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 mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that need help. They can't get into the study because it's one of the exclusions. Um, mm-hmm. You know, one of the reasons why you have to exclude for suicidality in a clinical trial, because if someone uh, were, to, were to commit suicide during a trial, um, the, the blame is often pinned on the trial and pinned on the device. So from a liability point mm-hmm. of view, uh, and from a science point of view, uh, it's very difficult to, to do studies on suicidality. Um, and so, you know, there are, uh, the studies around ECT. So ECT electroconvulsive therapy is often prescribed when there is suicidality. And, um, mm-hmm. and so there, there is, you know, there is data that shows now they, they don't have a very good sham or placebo arm for ECT. How, how do you do that? Really? You know, we have to, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but, but they have quite impressive data in reversing suicidality. So as, as bad a rap as ECT gets, it has reversed a lot of uh, suicide, um, which is a very mm-hmm. important thing. Um, but of course there's the memory loss uh, side of it and it's expensive. Uh, it can be $30,000 to get, ECT. It's very, very expensive. So, um, uh, so again, you know, we, we, we do have patients certainly that use our device who have suicidality, uh, but they're just not going to be mm-hmm. in studies. They're, they're going to, those are going to be right. patients who are getting prescribed by their doctor and so forth. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you've talked about that you have used the device for 13 years. Mm-hmm. 
We were just talking about ECT has, you know, potentially the long-term consequences. Um, have you noticed any, um, you talked about the very, very uh, few side effects. So in 13 years, have you noticed any um, long-term side effects at all? For yourself? No, I, ne- I, ne- I never got any of the side effects. So I never got headache or dizziness. So I, I'm, you know, and I mean, last year we sold 11,000 devices and uh, under 1% of our patients reported side effects. Um, so it's, wow. it's, you know, one out of a hundred roughly. Um, yeah. so it's rare. I, I, what I've noticed is, uh, that, I, you know, for me personally, it, it helps the most, um, uh, with immediate kind of calming down, uh, you know, and, and, and sleep. And, and if I get good night's sleep, um, and I exercise more than I used to, um, uh, mm then, you know, I'm usually in pretty good shape, um, mentally. Uh, I, I have noticed like focus and concentration benefits. Um, mm. I mean, I, you know, it's hard to assign them to the device, but I, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, that is something that we hear about from patients. Um, we hear people telling us it improves their creativity and it's hard to quantify that. We're going to start trying to quantify that a bit with our version two device. Cause we're building an app for it that will actually mm. be able to, to test for um, focus and concentration and memory, uh, I, I, which I'm very excited about because I think if we start having thousands of patients a year doing those tests and, sh- and then we're able to actually quantify their memory improvements or their focus and concentration improvements over time, um, that's going to be really valuable for people to know about themselves, right? We can give that data back mm-hmm. to you. This is how you're improving. And then it will be important for for FDA and for the cons- consumers and prescribers in general to, to know, because we can aggregate all that data anonymously and say, you know, out of the 6,000 patients that did these tests over eight weeks, you know, 40, 45% of them had, in, you know, improvements in X or whatever. So memory or, mm-hmm. you know, so <clears throat> we're looking forward to, to, to capturing that. And that won't take very long. We, we don't want the app to be very uh, burdensome. You know, I, I don't think using a phone is, is, is very good. Uh, if you're, you know, we, we use our phones enough as it is. Right. So I, 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 yeah. I want it to be <laughs> almost not there, the app, but, but it, for it to be there right, right before you start the device. So it can capture some baseline measurements. And then like every two weeks, we can capture a little bit of information, takes a few minutes of your time, but then you get to really see how you're performing over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds very interesting. When will the uh, when do you project that the generation two device will be available with the app? We're targeting April of next year, um, and we're, we already you know we hired the designer, the industrial designer Eric Fields, who designed uh, products for Beats, like the Beats headphones and uh, Nest. Oh, okay, right. Uh, we hired. Oh, okay, Brandy so from, this is what was that. I was going to say, so this is someone who really knows what he's doing. Yeah, it's going to look, it's going to look beautiful. I mean, it, it, yeah, that's the word. It's going to look beautiful. It's, it's going to look, uh, um, you know, maybe a little futuristic, but not in a tacky way. It's, it's, it's going to, it's going to be, you know, and and more pleasant to use. I mean, wireless, you know, um, mm. chargeable. Uh, so we're, we're right now we have two AA batteries, but we're going to move to a chargeable battery. Um, and, uh, that's nice around the environment too. 
Um, so, mm-hmm. uh, and then with the app, um, that hasn't quite started to kind of the concept stage where, where we've been talking a lot about what we're going to do with the app. That's probably start getting built in the fall. Um, maybe in October, we'll probably start getting, and then, and then we want to beta test the app with our current customers. And then, mm. um, so we, we may release version two. It depends how quickly the app gets built. I mean, we, we could release version two without an app at first, and then the app comes later. Um, I'd like to release it at the same time. So, yeah, makes sense for sure. For sure. So another question I had for you, just along the lines of uh, using the wearable device and, yeah. you know, we know that technology, you know, I think with the iPhone or whatever it might be, it, uh, obviously the technology changes so quickly, but let's say if somebody had a generation one device, um, and how long could they potentially use it for? Like, is there a lifespan, you know, after five years, we would recommend getting a new one or maybe just five years is its lifespan or does yeah, it have a lifespan? Easily last five years. And, and, um, okay. Uh, you know, we, we, it comes with a one year warranty, but I mean, we, we have, um, uh, I mean, I, I, I'm using ones that are, that are that old. I mean, I, I think, uh, I know that we have a lot of customers that, that use it. Um, you know, the replaceables are not, you know, if you happen to break a wire, uh, right now mm. it's, it's not, you know, I think it's $24 if to replace, uh, one of the wired electrode pieces, it's not like a fortune if, it, if, if something breaks, but, but, you know, if you're just generally careful with using it, um, there's only one moving part, it's the dial, you know, and then there's oh, okay. semi moving parts, I guess, in the battery compartment, there's a little th- something that bends, you know, but there's just not a lot to break, uh, you know? Um, mm. so, so that's nice. Um, and the sponges are fairly uh, inexpensive. They're not they're not cheap, but they're they're you know you're looking at maybe fifty bucks a year on on the sponges mm. if you're if you're really using it twice a day and and you want to keep your sponges clean, which we recommend you know replacing them almost uh, every week. Um, so it's not it's not you know that and the batteries. Uh, it's it's not um it's not a very big ongoing expense. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, and what I'd like to do hopefully with version two is, is, uh, is, is test out a subscription model where, you know, you're kind of paying more on a monthly basis. So there's not a, right now it's $500 upfront. Um, but we have a 30 day Mm. return policy. So we get all of it back and the the shipping is free. So if you send it back, it's zero out of pocket. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a, it's a pretty good deal, especially in healthcare, uh, Mm-hmm. You know, if it works, you keep it, and if it, if it works, five hundred dollars is well worth it. I mean, that's the cost of like you know one or two visits to a a good therapist. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. So. Uh, uh, so yeah. Um. So I know I've received a lot of the emails, and I've told my wife too. I become more and more sold. You know, seeing these testimonials is pretty amazing thing. Yeah. Um, and learning more about them too. I know one of the recent ones I got was from you and it talked about uh, just what you had said earlier, how 
um, you know, medication has to go through the gut and, you know, the blood and yep. eventually it gets to the brain. I'm just, yep. I'm paraphrasing, yep. obviously. Yep. And, you know, psychotherapy and, you know, there's uh, different things that come along with that. Yep. But this stimulates the brain specifically. So it's yep. definitely got me intrigued. Yep. So help me understand if someone like myself or there's listeners from, uh, you know, Canada, the United States, um, yep. you know, all over the world, how... What's the process of ordering and the thirty-day guarantee and the shipping? Sure. So if you're in, if you're in Canada, United States, Canada, etc. Yeah, if you're in Canada, you'd want to go to our our Circadia site. Circadia is C I R C A D I A. Um, okay. Dot info, and if you just search okay. Fisher Wallace Circadia, you'll you'll find it. Um, and uh, that is a that is the same exact technology as the Fisher Wallace Simulator, but it's a wellness brand. And and that's okay. what we're able to sell uh, in Canada, ship to Canada. Uh, the if you're in the U.S., then um, you can you can get a Circadia that doesn't require a prescription, um, or you go to FisherWallace.com and uh, we can, we can refer you to a telemedicine provider who who give you a, a prescription if you qualify. That's eighteen dollars, and then there's a coupon code. A U T H off that you use to get the eighteen dollars back when you purchase our device. So we're, we're, we can't pay the provider, but we can provide a reimbursement to um, the customer. And we're actually going to be—I mm. I don't know when you're releasing this podcast, but over the next couple of weeks, we're actually integrating the prescription process into the checkout using a third-party telemedicine company. So it, that'll be a lot more like a hims and hers, or a, you know, more modern uh, prescription process where. It'll, it'll occur right during the checkout um, with a third-party uh, independent service. And um, so you don't have to go anywhere, and then it doesn't cost anything to the patient. It's all bundled into the cost of the device. So it's, it's okay. essentially free to the patient, and you don't have to go anywhere. So um, so we're looking forward to that. That's going to make that a lot easier in the U.S. for our U.S. customers. But mm -hmm. if, you're, if you're Canadian... Um, uh, I think because of regulations, we're not allowed to ship to Canada from the Fisher Wallace site, but we can through the Circadia site because it's a wellness brand. Again, it's the same technology. Mm. It makes a slightly, not slightly, it makes a different claim for stress and sleep management. Um, mm. But, you know, we can ship that worldwide. That That's actually what we ship to our investors. If you uh, happen to invest in Fisher Wallace, which would be over the Start Engine platform, um, over, I think it's fifteen hundred dollars. Then you also get you get a free device. Just it gets shipped to you, and that's that's the Circadia mm. device. So, um, okay, yep. So, so same thing. Just it's it's sort of the way that it's needed to be handled in terms of health regulations in different countries yep. and yep. and claims made and treatment. Yep. Exactly, treatment. it's more okay. of technicalities around the claims made. Um, yeah, but people are used to that. I mean, you know, you have over the counter Nexium, you have yeah. <laughs> Nexium. I mean, it's just, it's just, you know, it's the same medication. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, but yeah, the bottom line is this is a safe device. Uh, again, if you have a pacemaker implant electronics, uh, uh do, do not, do not use it. Um, but other than that, you're, you're, you're totally safe. And, um, uh, yeah. We have live customer service, you know, from morning to evening, seven days a week. So you can ask questions. Nice. Um, they're all based in New York. They're all smart, nice people who answer your questions. So, yeah. 
Okay. And then I saw, I'm sure that I saw in one of the emails that it's actually approved uh, like on an over-the-counter in Europe, um, in Europe or basis in Europe. Yep. So if you're... Okay. If you're so if we had listeners... Germany, yeah. France, how do they yeah. go about... Is it in their drugstore then? Or <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry? Yeah. So if I lived in Europe, let's say, how would somebody access it there? Can they oh, go to the local drugstore? Um, yeah. We, we, we do ship... We do ship there uh, from fisherwallace.com. So you, you can buy, it's just in Canada. Has it, Canada is a different regulatory regime. It, it, it's separate from, yeah. from so Europe, uh, it's fine. We, we ship there. You don't need a prescription because it's, it's not required in Europe. U.S. is the only place that requires prescription. We may actually get um, uh, a different, we used to, we used to be in Canada and then we just weren't selling enough there and they wanted an enormous mm. fee. It was over a hundred thousand dollar fee for the regulatory. So we just were like, you know what, we're, we're not going to do that. We'll just, we'll just market Circadia first Canada. Um, mm-hmm. But in, in Europe we have maintained it cause it's a much larger market obviously. So we, and that, that is quite expensive to maintain as well, but, but we do sell uh, devices into Europe. So, um, so yeah, it's there, there's a there's a it's expensive shipping. I think the shipping is close to a hundred dollars because there's you know, mm. customs and stuff. But um, again, it's you know it, it, we have the return policy, um, so you, you'd be you'd be uh, uh, you'd be out of the shipping. But um, it's still it's still worth the risk if uh, I think it's, you know for a hundred dollars. Um, but uh, yeah, we, should, we 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 were in a documentary. We were featured in a documentary there um, over the summer that brought us a lot of business. We didn't even know we were in it. We just suddenly there there it was, and there was a patient of ours in this nice. documentary talking about it. And a lot of people bought our device after seeing that from uh, Germany, uh, uh, France, uh, mostly. Oh, that's great. And so, uh, when you talk about the thirty day uh, money back guarantee. How does that, I've kind of thought, okay, how does this work if, let's say, I order one in Canada? Does it start from the day that it's shipped? And if it takes it two weeks to get arrives. to me? It starts when it arrives. Okay. And also, you know, that to be honest, sense. Yeah. We're, we're not sticklers about the 30 days. I mean, we start to be sticklers okay. if it's like 60 or 90 days. You know, 60 days yeah. is actually fine. If, we, if, it's, if you start going over like 90 days, then, you know, uh, we may say, well, we're not going to give you a 100% refund. We'll give you a partial refund. But you know, really, if, mm-hmm. you're fine with 60 days. I mean, you know, you have to you have to send us an email and just say I'd, I'd like an extension, and we and we automatically accept that. Um, okay. So uh, we don't want you to feel, you know, we, we want you to try it. You know, and, and some people order. Yeah. They happen to be all of a sudden they have to go away on a business trip or something, and then they haven't had time. We get it. That's not the problem. Um, we just don't want people taking advantage of it. But it's you know, I mean. Take, taking advantage of us by, you know, dra- dragging it out for months and months and months, but we want you to try it. And, um, and then when you feel like it's either working or not, uh, then you, then you decide to keep it or send it back. And, um, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, that's, that's the deal. But again, you, you, if you have two weeks to use it twice a day, you will know at the end of two weeks. So it doesn't mm. take, it doesn't take a whole 30 days. It, it really takes two weeks. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then I think I know the answer to this question because of the nature of the device, medical device, FDA, you know, Health Canada, all these regulations. But if we were talking about a, a, you know, a different device, 
Um, I'm curious about, um, you know, how other companies might market and do affiliate programs, that kind of thing. I'm assuming maybe you don't have anything like that just because of all the regulations or yeah, maybe we, you we do. Don't, I just wanted to ask really the question. Do, we don't, I mean, I think it, there's been some kind of medical device websites that have sold multiple devices in, in the past we have. Um, but we now our policy is to not do that at all. Um, not because anything bad mm. happened. It's just, frankly, when we used to do that, uh, it would, it would dilute our branding. So we, you know, people would search for Fisher Wallace, mm. you'd see another site. And we, we don't want that. We want people to come to our site. So, um, in, in terms of selling it physically in a clinic, that's a different story. Cause that's not like competing with us online. Cause most of our business occurs through our website. So we're, we're kind of more protective around that. Um, but it, but selling them like mm -hmm. in a physical location that that's totally fine. There are doctors that do that, that sell our device mm. at their clinic. Um, and, okay. and so, um, that, you know, and, and I think with circadia, we're not as, we're not as worried about, um, the searching and stuff. So if there are affiliate partners listening to this, uh, we'd be open to a conversation around circadia. Um, not mm. as, not as much around f uh, the fish wall simulator. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that, that brand name is going to change by the way with version two. I can't, I can't announce what that is, but we're, we're trademarking a new name and, uh, that's also going to okay. be exciting. It's going to probably be a one syllable word. So we'll, we'll see. That'll be exciting to announce. Yeah. Cool. And that'll, that's projected to be in April, April as well, year. April yeah. 2022. Yeah. And we're going to pre-order them okay. though, at, at hopefully by the end of this year. Um, once we have all the design, cause we already have a manufacturer. So, you know, it's, it, it, but once we have the designs, um, uh, finalized, you know, and it, it, it starts being prototyped and sent to manufacturing, we can do some pre-ordering of those, um, for our current customers, for instance. Um, so, oh, okay. uh, yeah, we're excited about it. I think a lot of people will, will especially yeah. our older customers who say have had a device for a few years will be very, and we're going to give them a discount on the new one. So I, I think they're going to be pretty excited to, to, to get the new one. Yeah, for sure. And then, uh, and I don't know how much you can sort of say about this right now or how much you know for sure on it. I'm just curious in terms of price compared to the current device, what that might be if, if you're able to talk it probably, about that. Probably enough. similar. It, it, it may be, again, it's, it's hard to describe price because I, as I mentioned earlier, we may go with a subscription model. So then it's, it's all oh, right. Yeah. It would yeah. be less upfront for sure. Um, mm -hmm. and it, I, you know, but it may be more over a period of two years or something. Um, uh, mm -hmm. so I, you know, we may have, we may offer both options, you know? Um, so kind of, uh, uh, we'll, we'll see. I, I, I don't, we don't know yet. Um, it, it's not going to be more put, put it, it, it that way. It's probably going to be roughly yeah. the same on a subscription basis and maybe a little less upfront. So we'll, 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 we'll see. Gotcha. Okay. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much for that. That has been this been a very informative conversation for myself, and I'm certain for my listeners as well. And um, yeah, for sure. And and thank you so much for your time and doing this. Is there anything else that you want to add that we haven't uh, discussed up to this point? I really appreciate all the questions, and um, I appreciate you uh, you know talking about your own struggles and and inviting me to talk about some of the ones I've had and and. Uh, uh, that's that's also part of, frankly, what our mission is: is to destigmatize this so that people can mm. feel comfortable talking about it, 
and um and it's it's i feel like that as a culture and as you know globally it's that's happening more and more you know you're seeing it with athletes and, and others who are coming out and talking about it i think that's great mm-hmm. so uh, thank thanks for having having me on Okay, great. Well, thanks so much. And uh, I just, it's just wonderful to see the great uh, work that you're doing with this. And I know, uh, you know, it's, I think, obviously has been giving people a lot of hope to be able to overcome these really difficult mental health challenges. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, you start to lose hope in some cases. So uh, what a wonderful thing to be able to have, like you say, something that can be added to the toolbox in terms of, you know, things that can help along this journey to uh, help people overcome mental health challenges. Yep. So, yeah. So thanks so much again. And uh, for those for those of our listeners who uh, would like uh, who are interested in ordering a device, then they would go to FisherWallace.com. Would that kind of be the starting place? Yeah, for those in the United com, States, and then also Circadia.info. That would be the other one that, for, for especially if you're dot info, okay, listeners, uh, Circadia.info. Okay, yep. sounds great. Wonderful. Yep. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. And and for all our listeners, thank you so much for being here with me again today and taking the time. Um, and I'm so excited to meet back with you again next week and uh, where we'll be able to talk about some more wonderful things. And um, just until next time, just want to tell you how much I love you and how much I'm looking forward to meeting with you again. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.